Brought to you by Cumberland Craft Coffee and Beer House, located at 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, across from Colorado Mesa. And yes, we are on the road today. We're at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. So swing by, grab yourself a cup of coffee. Uh, James made me a, a really nice uh, English breakfast tea. Buckeye, just you just arrived. Thanks for knocking my coat on the floor. It's okay. It's that first time. Oh, is that your coat? Okay. I come because my coat's over here. Yeah, you throw the headset on. Onto the floor. I thought you were throwing my coat on the floor. I'm used to you doing that, throwing my coat on the floor. Yeah, at least it was my own coat, at least. So. All right. So we're over here at uh, Cutter Craft Coffee and Beer House. I believe you're on three on that. There we go. So (laughs) get all the. Get the headsets all figured there out here. Go. I think I got it. Featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. And the thing James loves to do here is he loves to showcase Colorado products, the incredible coffees and beers. And by the way, there's no charge for coffee add-ons. So swing by right now. Grab yourself a cup of coffee. They have chai tea as well, decaf. All the craft sodas are made here in Colorado as well. And then uh, when it's uh, beer 30, they have the beer flights. Eight taps with new on taps weekly. And then tonight they have uh, Beer Bingo. Friday night they have the trivia at 6.30. So I think Beer Bingo is at uh, 6.30 tonight as well. Um, and a comfy chair. And James brought us donuts, I too. See this so I see too. Yeah. I don't know if uh, Marissa Gallegos got a donut. Can, can you have a donut right now? That's oh, the yeah, thing. Oh, yeah, I can have a donut. You're coaching, but yeah. you're still also training, though, too, right, Marissa? Yeah, I am training and stuff, too, but... I can eat a donut. It's fine. But now coaching gets that you got a donut allowance, right? You can have like one or two a week with the coaching, or is um, it still only one every once in a while? One every once in okay. a while, more so. Yeah, just occasionally. Maybe today will be one of those days for Marissa to enjoy a donut. She's the assistant coach of Travis Mercado for the Colorado Mesa women's wrestling team. Um, Marissa herself a national champion, and we'll talk more about uh, her pursuit of maybe uh, being an Olympian as well uh, here in just a few minutes. But uh, congratulations on the regional team title. Uh, second straight season that the Mavericks have done that. 221 points uh, to, to beat Simon Frazier. They finished with 207. Back-to-back years, you've won the regional championship. Marissa, talk about what this means for this wrestling program that, that just continues to get better and better every season. I think the depth of our team gets better every year. I think this year we have a lot of young talent on the team right now. Um, for example, our 109 and one, six, one of our 109-pounders and then... Our 116-pounder are both freshmen, but they're still one of the best in the nation right now. So I think every year we just add more depth to our team, and it's just going to build like that. Ranked fifth in the nation right now after winning that that regional championship. Getting ready to go to nationals. We'll talk about that in just a moment. 11 wrestlers will go to the NCWWC National Championships in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. A little shout-out to my wife's hometown of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, uh, for the national championships. But... You as a coach, going back to when you were a wrestler and early stages of this program, take us how far this program has come under Coach Mercado and how how much it's grown since you were a wrestler competing for a national championship. So it's funny. I was actually here when the program started in 2018. So I got to see the program go from six, seven girls to now we have about 35 girls on the team. And those six, seven girls, like, we were all around the same weight. So, I mean, at least we could practice with each other, but we didn't have every single weight class. And then the following year, we had about 15, 20 girls. And with that, like, that year we had 15 to 20 girls. We had, like, six or seven All-Americans, you know. So just in one year, we made that jump. And I think something that we've been doing for the past, like, so take the first year out of it because this is now our sixth year take the first year out of it i think we are very consistent and our team just keeps growing 
our goal is to always have seven, eight All-Americans, and we're always looking to put people in the finals and win a national championship as well. You know, I'm the first to do it, but I said it in my interview when I won it. Like, I'm not going to be the last. There's definitely, like, five girls on the team that could do it now. Of course, everything has to go right, and they have to have a good day, but sometimes that's out of our control and a little bit out of theirs, too. Like, what's going to happen is going to happen, but I think seeing the program go from, like, six girls to 35 consistently is huge. It's incredible. Yeah, you could have a different partner every day of the week. Marissa Gallegos, Mavs assistant wrestling coach, joining us. When you... Let's talk about how you have 10 or 11 girls the first year. Now you're up north of 30. With the growth of girls wrestling at the high school level and the junior levels and women's wrestling now at the college level, does that make finding quality wrestlers easier? Does it make picking them from other schools that now have wrestling teams harder? How is the now the coaching and recruiting aspect that you're diving into now, how is that adjusted from when you were recruited out of high school? I think it's easier to find more depth that weights so that, like, hey, like our freshman girl that's coming in may not be the starter the first year, but she's going to get good in this practice room by her second, third year. Um, but also you do have that rare talent of like people that are freshmen just coming in and being the best in the country in college. And, you know, those those girls are like some of the top in high school as well. Um, but I think in general, like with um, the depth of everything and the amount of programs, there's a lot more girls than there is programs for wrestling. But I think it is getting harder to compete now because we do compete with like the power, the big power schools like Iowa, like because our NCAAs is D1, D2, and D3. It's hard to compete with recruiting the girls that want to go to Iowa or the girls that want to go to like Presbyterian, Russell, D1, you know. But I think we're still like up there in terms of we had a close duel with Iowa in Vegas. We only lost by two points. So it's like our talent and ability is still there. It's just sometimes it's hard to compete with like the labels at times but it's just whether they're going to invest in our program or not and we have to sell it i know uh travis mercado's mentioned getting iowa to come out here maybe do some kind of out outdoor wrestling event maybe over at the over at bergman field at the diamond do something like that down the road that'd be an incredible turnout for something like uh the, the maverick women taking on iowa iowa has such a rich men's wrestling tradition now starting to build that on the women's side as well we're talking with marissa gallegos of the cover mesa women's wrestling team assistant coach has it been easier, Marissa, to find upper weights? Because you mentioned when you started out, it, you had a lot of wrestlers similar weight size. Mm -hmm. Upper weights, has that become an easier situation to find those those upper weight wrestlers now that more girls are wrestling? So that one's a tricky question. I think upper weights are a little hard to find, especially because, like, the high school weight is 235, and the highest weight class currently is 191. So you got to make sure we, like, recruit girls that can make 191, healthily and making sure that's good for their body but also like it's hard to find the balance of someone who's not going to be too small at 191 and then also like if they wrestled 235 were they cutting to get to 235 they're probably not going to make 191 i would say heavyweight is a little hard to find and then also the 101 pounders can be hard to find but we've had the most luck in our program with great 101 pounders and great lightweights Marissa Gagas to the Cover Mesa women's wrestling team with us. Mavericks will have 11 wrestlers going to the NCWWC National Championships. That's March 8th, by the way, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Let's let's talk about some of the wrestlers that will be going there. For example, um, third-ranked unbeaten, Genesis Martinez, mentioned 101. Uh, that's her weight class. Uh, she was the champion at, at the regional for the second straight year. Uh, beat Ava McNeil of Sioux Falls. Uh, technical fall victory, 10 to nothing in that one. And so... Uh, and she also picked up another technical fall victory over uh, uh, Manaya Chestathone of uh, Shadron State as well. So 
uh, Genesis in a good position to maybe join you as a national championship uh, champion. She's certainly on that course right now. I was teammates with Genesis for four years, so I truly believe in the work she's put in and how far she's come in her wrestling career. She's battled some injuries like me, myself. Like, we've both gone through our fair share of injuries, but she's back on the mend. She's looking better than ever. She battled some earlier in the season, which kept her from wrestling some tournaments, but she's doing good now. I know she had some nerves going into that finals match at regionals, but the way she handled her nerves just shows me that she's ready for nationals because you're going to feel those nerves at nationals. And the way she was nervous for that finals match, she ended that match really quick. And that's how it reminded me of myself at times. I would get super nervous, and those are the matches that I perform the best. So I think she's really ready, and she can handle those nerves. She's going to handle it well, and I think going into nationals, she just needs two good days combined, and she's going to win it all. You mentioned you you wrestled with her as a teammate, coach now. Where have you seen maybe the biggest growth in her and in, in her as a wrestler from the time you were a teammate and now coaching her? What's, what was, what's been the area maybe she's improved upon the most? I would say her belief in herself has improved so much. She's very confident without being cocky. I think before she didn't know how good she was. And now she's starting to realize, like, hey, I can, I can win this. I'm, I'm good. And she believes she can beat anyone that's put in front of her. Doesn't matter if they're from Iowa. Doesn't matter if she hasn't beaten them before. Doesn't matter if they've beaten her before. She believes she can beat whoever's in front of her. And that's a different growth that I've seen from her younger years of college to now she's, like, she knows that she can be the girl. The matches I mentioned were earlier matches for Genesis. She beat uh, Odalea Lopez of Shriner. Uh, in a pin, as, as you mentioned, Marissa, a minute 36. And uh, Lopez is nationally ranked, by the way. And so uh, an impressive win for Genesis Martinez to move on to the national uh, championship tournament. And then at 109, Isabella Morales uh, faced Adriana Gomez, her teammate, and in the championship bout. And so Mavericks are going to win one way or the other, but it's always tough when you have to wrestle a teammate in the championship. Yeah, it is tough, you know. Isabella Morales was at 101 last year with Genesis and then most of the year this year, but we've realized and she's realized that 109 is a better weight class for her, so she's not cutting so much weight. Adriana's a young talent, like super talented at this sport and very like a freshman. She lets it fly and I think like with Adriana, I think she's going to grow over time. I think she's for sure going to All-American this year and I think what's going to grow her the most is her learning how to be a positional wrestler. She's more of a let it fly big move wrestler which is great but we have to know exactly when to control it and when when we let it fly and when we just hold position isabella morales though she she's a position wrestler she's gonna hold position and never come out and i would say isabella morales she's a sophomore this year so also kind of a young talent um she's a returning all-american but now she's at a new weight um i would say her biggest strength in the room and just in general is i think she's definitely one of the hardest workers i've ever seen in the room there were times where like, we would do sprints, and normally I'm winning them, and she's starting to win, and I'm like, what? And she just holds position, never comes out in practice. She's in her stance no matter what, and I think that's going to get her far. I think the biggest thing she's got to work on is just knowing that she's the girl, too, at whatever weight she decides. Marissa Gallego, assistant coach for the Colorado Mesa women's wrestling team with us. It's Mav Day today. We're on the road at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood right across from Colorado Mesa, and uh, they have the 16-ounce coffees, and they have no charge for coffee add-ons, which is a, a really nice little perk that James has. We're going to talk with James about Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House coming up in just a little bit, and they always welcome outside food, so if you want to bring uh, you know, a breakfast burrito in or whatever, enjoy a great cup of coffee, you can do that here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. 
Once again, 1144 North 12th Street um, and Glenwood right across from Colorado Mesa. So we've talked about uh, Genesis Martinez, Isabel Morales, and Adriana Gomez. Holly Bowden, uh, fourth ranked. Uh, she was able to uh, went to the regional title about to pick up the championship, and she was able to get a 4-2 victory. And uh, it was a little bit of a revenge for Holly in terms of the wrestler she faced from Simon Frazier. Yeah, the Simon Frazier girl has beaten Holly twice this year, and Holly finally got that win against her. And I think that that just proved it to herself that she can beat her. And I think Holly, I really think Holly's going to make national finals. Um, she's going to go in as a two or three seed, and it's going to be her and that Simon Frazier girl in the semis again. Obviously, you take it match by match, but Holly's ready, and it's her last year, and I really do believe that she can win it as well, and she's going to make those national finals for sure. She's ready. We also want to talk about another wrestler that's going to the Nationals, and that's redshirt junior Dahlia Garibay, and she uh, won the 155-pound regional title. Once again, Simon Frazier right there uh, competing with the Mavericks in that region. Uh, beat Paige Mayer 15-5 to by technical fall. Uh, beat Mayer twice. Uh, also beat her to win the RMAC title as well. So uh, for Dahlia Garibay, a really strong finish in that regional to, to get ready for, for Nationals. Yes, um, I think... It's harder to wrestle someone twice um, in, in, in a year, let alone twice in a month. Um, sh but this time she really closed the gap and just showed that she's Dahlia Garibay and she's going to be better than her. And she outs she won by technical ball, but at RMAC it was a lot closer. So I think this this time around she really found Simon Fraser's gaps in her wrestling and just was able to capitalize on it and be Dahlia and outscore her. What kind of advice can you give to a wrestler like Dahlia in that situation where you're facing somebody again, second, third time? You, you've seen them. You get a sense of what, what their strengths and weaknesses are uh, on the mat. I mean, how, Marissa, what kind of advice do you give a wrestler in that situation on how, because they also know your tendencies as well, how you can do the best to, to combat that, that, I guess, that familiarity that both of you have on the mats? Um, I think the advice that I have is it doesn't matter. Like, regardless of what's going to happen is going to happen. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you have to believe that your stuff is going to work and your stuff's going to be better. It doesn't matter if they know your best takedown is a double leg for Dahlia. It doesn't matter because you have an unstoppable double leg. You're going to find a way to get to it because that's what you're good at. You're not going to change things completely around just because you're wrestling so-and-so again. So I would just say, like, my biggest piece of advice is it doesn't matter. You're ready. You also have the redshirt junior, Kaylee Collins. She was a regional champion, 170 pounds. And uh, she uh, picked up a, a technical fall win in her first bout and then earned a 9-5 to five decision in the semifinals before uh, she ended up uh, beating J uh, Jadina Mata of Schreiner uh, about 3.59 in, in the match to, to get the victory. So for Kaylee Collins, uh, a regional champion and one of those 11 going to the Nationals. Kaylee Collins had one of the most impressive performances, I'd say, of that entire tournament. Um, you know, she, she's seen all past the lives on the team of just not being on the team, just not loving it anymore, to finding her love for the sport again and having a couple bad matches this year and then really just figuring it out in the past two, three weeks, really pushing herself in the room, pushing herself in conditioning, staying in good position. And then here she just shined. All of that work she started putting in, her ment mentally she something clicked. She's like, I can do it. And... We've always known she's had the ability. It's just whether she wants it or not, and she wants it, and she's working for it. And I think her performance was one of the most impressive things that you had nothing. Like, the whole team was extremely happy for her every single match. And in that finals match, it was like she did it. This, If this girl wrestles like this, she's going to All-American, 100%.
You mentioned for a while Kaylee lost her love of wrestling. Did that, did that, was that a process that you went through? Do wrestlers go through that at times? I think athletes do at times where maybe injuries start to drag you down a little bit. You don't recover from injuries. You get frustrated. Uh, maybe, maybe you're not able to train the way you'd like to. How, do, how does, I guess, how do you approach that? What kind of advice do you give? Once again, I'm asking you to give advice here. You're a coach, and you won a national championship, so you should know. What kind of advice did you give somebody like Haley or somebody that's, that's kind of dealing with, I, I just don't know if I can do this anymore. I really think journaling, just figuring out what you want and figuring out yourself, like, is this a priority to you? Then, like, make it a priority. If it's not, then don't waste your time either. And we we had a serious conversation with her earlier in the year, and she realized, like, I, I do love this. I, there's a reason I'm here. There's a reason I came back. And I think with my advice with that, when you battle injuries or you battle things that keep you from being able to love the sport to its fullest, I think you have to really just journal and self-reflect and figure out why, what's causing you not to like it anymore and figure out and find your love for it again. Is, does that just mean coming in and drilling whatever you want for an extra 30 minutes just because it's free, no structure, and this is what you do? Or is it just you need to take more rest days or more rehab, go to sleep earlier, nutrition, things like that? Are you not recovering well? Marissa Gallegos, uh, Mavericks assistant women's wrestling coach, you mentioned some of these girls you were teammates with for, you know, Genesis Martinez been four or five years. You've known her. Now you're an assistant coach, and sometimes you guys have to have those frank conversations. Is that something you kind of had to grow into as we were teammates? Now I'm a coach, and it's more of an authority figure, or is it something that you can kind of take basis, you know, wrestler by wrestler because you know a lot of them so well? Um, I think it is like a wrestler by wrestler basis, and I think – you know, like Dolly Garibay, I was teammates with her for like four years as well. And I, and Kaylee Collins, like three years. Holly Bodwin, two years. So I think for me, it's really just being there for them. I told them at the beginning of the year, I'm never going to be condescending and act like I'm above you guys in that way. Technically, like my title puts me that way, but I'm not going to act that way. Because at the end of the day, we were teammates. Now the thing is, is I'm here for you and I'm here to help you grow as a wrestler and here to help you win a national title as well. And I'm here to help you guys with technical adjustments. I'm here to give you advice when your body's not feeling right or when things are feeling off, talk to me about it. Then I'll talk to Travis about it. Like if you feel more comfortable coming to me because we were teammates, we were friends and we still are friends. I think that's a big thing I keep is we're still friends. It just looks a little different. Um, but for the most part, I just put it, put it as I'm just here for you guys more than I was as a teammate, just because the teammate part, you have to be a little bit selfish. You have to, invested in your own goals but now it's like i'm so invested in their goals i also want to talk about freshman kylie tobaldo she finished second at 116 along with another freshman uh cadence boyd she took third at 130 as well two freshmen didn't win championships but but qualified to move on to to, to wrestle in cedar rapids iowa and the nationals got to be really proud of those two freshmen for the their performances out in texas yeah no kylie tobaldo is really talented she's again one of our young very young talents in, on the team um battling an injury right now so she didn't get to wrestle her finals match but she has beaten that girl before at armac and then also in vegas so i know she she belongs there too to be the sixth champion but like they, it didn't happen this weekend but she's going to be ready for nationals she's going to be okay and cadence boyd she did really well as well she found a way to qualify and with through some adversity too just tough matches and she found a way to pull them out and win those close matches 
And then you have the junior, Erica Schroeder, uh, third place finish at 143. And then uh, fourth rank, Jalene Sakona, uh, she'll be going for a third straight All-American honor. She qualified by placing third at 191 for the Mavericks. Erica Schroeder wrestled really tough. She found her way in. She scrapped really hard, and I feel like the season has had her, had its ups and downs for her, but I think she's found a way to say, I'm the girl, and I want this, and she went out there and went and got, went and go got it. <laughs> <laughs> we know what you're saying, Marissa. Hey, go she went and got hers. Yeah, went and got her what she was looking for, which is to qualify, of course, for the national uh, championships in, in Iowa. And also, uh, sophomore Kim Carlin, uh, she'll go to the national tournament for the first time, took fourth at 170. And so, a lot of it getting to the nationals, it's getting there, and then you never know what kind of run you go on, right? You get, uh, get in the right mindset, you shake off the bright lights and all those kind of things in a national championship, and maybe Kim Carlin could be a surprise for the Mavericks. Yeah, no, Kim Carlin, um, she's, again, young, and she, her growth from last year to this year is huge. And last year, like, we didn't even she we didn't even get to bring her to the regional tournament. Now we're bringing her to the regional tournament, and she qualified. She put in a lot of work this summer and just, you know, did extra, stayed extra with Travis to work on some technique. She would also do her, her, all the lifts this summer and things like that, and I think her hard work just shows that you can make a big difference in a matter of a year. And Jalen Sakona, she wrestled well as well. Things didn't quite go our way, but I know she'll make the adjustments that she needs for nationals. And 11 wrestlers competing. You'd love to win it. What's the expectation? What's the hope for for this wrestling team, maybe in terms of being in the team competition, being, being in that, maybe have a chance to win a team national championship, or just the individual wrestlers? Um, obviously, got a lot of wrestlers here. Marissa, they have a chance to come back with a national title like you did? I think, personally, if things go really well and we put four or five girls in the finals, we are in that race for a team championship. But I don't want to put that kind of pressure on the girls, you know. I want it to just be their best performance. And I think if they just focus on performing at their highest ability, it's going to happen. And I really feel like we're peaking at the right time. And at regionals, I'm seeing it. Like, I'm seeing, like, Kaylee Collins win matches that, on paper, she shouldn't win. And it's just because she wrestled well. Bella Morales is peaking at the right time. You know, everybody is peaking at this right time of, like, oh, we had a peak. All right, now it's time to peak even more in two weeks. I really think if everyone just puts together their best performances, we'll be in that team race. But regardless, I think the team's goal is to finish in the top three for sure. Prime contenders team-wise. Yeah. Who, who, will, it, who will it be for, for the Mavericks out in, in Iowa as far as teams to contend with? Um, definitely Iowa and North Central, Iowa and then North Central is definitely in that team race too. They're the returning team champions and then probably a King University and McKendry maybe. Once again, that takes place March 8th, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, the NCWWC National Championships for Women's Wrestling. Marissa Gallegos with us and want to ask about uh, your pursuit of maybe making the Olympic team. What does that look like for you right now? So I've been training a lot and really giving everything I have to prepare for that. Unfortunately, I'm battling some injuries right now. So we're going to see if I'm ready in April. But if I'm not, I'm not. And I'm not going to push myself to do that just because la in 2021 at Olympic team trials there, I wrestled with a broken hand and it wasn't, it wasn't very fun. And I wrestled nationals like that, college nationals that way, and then another tournament to qualify for Olympic team trials and then Olympic team trials all with a broken hand. Um, I know that 
my body needs to last long term and I'm going to go another 2028 cycle. So whether I'm ready for 2024, it doesn't it doesn't matter because I'm going another cycle. If I need surgery, I'm going to get the surgery. If I don't and I'm able to wrestle, I'm going to go out there and wrestle and give it my all. What's the window for you? 2028 and then is that it for you or do you try to cuz now you start to get into stage where you know getting closer to 30 and that kind of thing where how I guess what does that look like for you long term if it's if it's not 2028 um 2028 is where I'm I'm either gonna do it or not make or and break then we move on yeah yeah 2028 is also in Los Angeles so that'll be really fun and that would be fantastic if you can get the chance to make the Olympic team wrestle here on on home soil in the Olympics in 2028 Marissa I appreciate the time best of luck uh, to you and the Maverick women uh, and coach Mercado as well when you go out to Cedar Rapids Iowa March 8th Hopefully, hopefully you can bring back a national championship, not just individuals, but a team one would be fantastic for the Mavericks as well. Yeah, that would be amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Marissa Gallegos joining us today out here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. Uh, let's see, Marissa, what did James whip up for you? A cappuccino. It's really delicious. Yeah. With the, and the Hulk mug. The, with, I've, she's I've, come on, she's a wrestler. Yeah. James gave Marissa her choice, and she's like, that's what I want. I want that one right there. <laughs> the Hulk mug made a lot of sense. The wrestler of the Avengers. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, undefeated a true champion true. Yeah. Uh, in, in the Hulk. Uh, all right. So coming up, we're going to talk with uh, uh, Troy Moyer, the uh, Cutter Mesa men's lacrosse coach. We'll also have Mercedes Bodie, CMU uh, softball coach as well, joining us out here at Cutter Craft Coffee and Beer House. We'll be out here till 10 o'clock this morning. And it's 1144 North 12 in Glenwood across from Colorado Mesa featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. And they're open Monday through Thursday, 7.30 till 8 o'clock, Friday and Saturday, 7.30 to 9, Sunday, 8 until noon. And it's a perfect place before you go watch the Maverick women wrestle or softball or baseball mm -hmm. or lacrosse or soccer or during the football season or basketball. Perfect place to hang out with your friends before you go to the game and after the game as well. Here at Cutter to Craft Coffee and Beer House, they have a beer flights, eight taps with new on taps weekly. Trivia nights every Friday night at 6.30. And they have the beer bingo tonight as well. And you're welcome to bring in your own food and enjoy the great coffee or beer here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House right across from Houston Hall, the Colorado Mesa campus, 1144 North 12th Street and Glenwood across from CMU. It's well, walking distance even for me. That's the problem. Yeah, that's, so that's how close it is. Yeah, if you, will, right if you can walk here, you, yeah. then it's not... Exactly. It's not that far at all. Not that far at all. We're going to uh, talk with James coming up a little bit as well. So we'll take a break. We'll come back with more here on Mav Day at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House on the Team Sports Network. They're entertaining and they're real informative. They're funny and I like the guests that they get on them. The Team presents The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, The Team. Mad day on the road today at Colorado Craft, Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. Easy for me to say. Look, <laughs> we'll one of those breakfast beers. Haven't I, I, I haven't even had one yet, and I can't even can't even talk right today. Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, across from Colorado Mesa, featuring only Colorado's best coffee and beer. Enjoy a nice uh, English tea that James uh, made for me. What do you What do you have there, Buckeye? Uh, that second sip was water. <clears throat> Not entirely certain what's in that first sip, but it was really good. And uh, you're enjoying the caught me off guard. Breakfast beer, yeah, breakfast beer. Oh, and I and have one as one well. Too. So yeah. we'll we'll enjoy a little stout out here this morning. Mm -hmm. 
I may put a little hair on your chest. Cake may have to come get us. <laughs> Cakey, come on and pick us up. <laughs> James is James has to stay around the place. He can't give us a ride. Problem is with cake, he'd have to leave now. Yeah, it's because you get we lost. Need somebody would, to run the board. He would, <laughs> he, he would he would probably think we're downtown. So he came in to help us out. Oh, he's, he's catching he's strays. He's like. <laughs> Shut up. You guys suck. I hate you people. You made me come in early, and now you, you give me all kinds of grief. Yeah. All right, Troy Moyer joins us, Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse coach. Mavs off to a 2-0 start. Troy, appreciate you coming over today. Appreciate you having me on. All right, so what are you drinking there? What do you got, Troy? Uh, I got a mocha, and it's delicious. All right. I, I'll have to. I love my tea, but, man, I should, should probably try a mocha. <laughs> have a little, let's try the stout here real yeah. quick. Cause... It's really good. Oh, nice yeah. and foamy. Oh, yeah. 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 This is probably the earliest I've had alcohol since we went to Mexico on vacation. Yeah, so. that's not at a resort or in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just in a normal Tuesday mm-hmm. <laughs> during the work week. Uh, off to a 2-0 start. Congratulations. You were picked to, as the conference preseason favorites. And so um, no pressure on this team, right, to uh, to go out and win once again, win a conference championship, but more importantly, get to the D2 postseason. Yeah, yeah, no, I think um, – Obviously, the the preseason rankings, I believe, are are more based off what we were able to accomplish last year and and, um, people seeing that we were pretty dominant. And so, you know, kudos to us for doing well last year, but now we got to go out and prove it this year. And, yeah, uh, it's interesting, you know, as my second year as a head coach of this program, it's kind of uh, you you feel the pressure a little bit more. It's no longer like, oh, I'm the first-year guy and can just kind of get away with, messing up here or there it's it's more serious in a sense and yeah. so on the job training's over right <laughs> yeah no exactly <laughs> exactly it, it's funny though every day every single day you know, i find myself learning something new or you know figuring something out that i messed up last year and so um yeah no it, there's there's a little pressure there for me but for the guys i think the pressure is the same that it's always been since i've been here uh, expectations are the same standard is the same and so keeps it kind of simple yeah ranked number 16 in the nation in d2 men's lacrosse as mentioned the 2-0 start uh with the 28-5 win over a uh, dominican uh out in irvine california and then also the win against concordia 19-9 concordia is now part of the armac dominican will be part of it the armac next year so it's great to see after um so many years the mavericks were kind of a lone wolf a little bit when it came to to uh, playing lacrosse on, on this side, uh, on, the, on the, the west side of the Mississippi. Adam State's got lacrosse. More RMAC schools are adding lacrosse, and now you get a couple of additions uh, with, the, with Concordia now in Dominican next year. Yeah, no, it, it was definitely nice to have those programs add this year. And uh, like you mentioned, Concordia in the RMAC this year, Dominican joined D2, going to be RMAC next year. Um, but just having some more competition that's, you know, I, I say it, it's not that far of a trip. It was pretty far bus ride uh, for us. But, um, but yeah, it, it's not like the flight down to Florida just to get some quality competition. And, you know, Concordia was um, pretty pretty set and, and standard. They, they just won an MCLA national championship last year, and so they, they've got a good thing going. Dominican had been Division Two, I think, back in 2015 was the last time they competed at this level. And so they, those guys know what they're doing as well. And so it's nice to just have some more quality competition out in the West. You lose uh, A.J. Switzer from last year, one of your leading goal scorers, but it doesn't hurt. we got J.J. Brummett back. Five goals for J.J. Uh, this past weekend on that tro- that road trip out to California. Yeah, he, he had five against Concordia and eight against Dominican. Sorry, 13 total. Excuse, thank you <laughs> yeah. for correcting me. Eight, he had 13 goals total yeah. last weekend. Yeah. No, he, uh, he's been great um, for us. Uh, he, he's a junior now, so I think he's taken on a little bit more of the leadership 
lost his brother from last year, also Jed Brummett. Um, and, and it's just funny to see J.J. step in. A little bit different type player. Jed was more of a bigger body, kind of going to stand and shoot. And J.J.'s got a little bit more of the athleticism to him. So it's a different dynamic, but it's, it's interesting talking to some of these coaches. I guarantee they're thinking, not another Brummett, please. Oh, not, not another one. She's, <laughs> we just got rid of one. And there's, still, there's still another one hanging around. Uh, you also have uh, James Steinke back, uh, 34 goals last season. So we don't leave James out of the mix. He had an incredible season for you last year when you went 16-2. and two. Yeah, yeah, no, James is fantastic. He's a great lacrosse player. It, it, it's He's another interesting one because right now he's playing on our second line of midfield, um, which as a, a two-time All-American you don't typically see. Um, and so he he's doing what's asked of him. He, he was a little banged up to start the year, but he came out and, and acted like it was just another another Tuesday. Got the job done. How do you balance scheduling some of these tough teams that you, you mentioned you've gone down to florida in the past get some good competition in when there's no real automatic path through winning the armac into the ncaa tournament how do you balance kind of the end of the season goals with trying to get the season underway on the right foot against some good teams how do you balance that as the head coach yeah well i think your guess is probably as good as mine uh that that is the challenge oh, you're in trouble man if you're leaving it up to him Trust <laughs> probably me. not but i appreciate that <laughs> Yeah, no, that, that's the challenge, though, right? Uh, trying to find quality competition that we know we can go out and play nationally um, that, that are willing to, to play. Typically, if we were going to fly somewhere, you know, the Florida trip, we're going to Chicago this year um, to play Lewis and, and Maryville. we got to find teams that are willing to play us back-to-back, which is uh, more of a task than, I guess, what we're used to. That's just kind of standard practice for us um, and, and the other RMAC schools that also have to travel as far as we do. And so... Um, at the beginning of the year, it's just trying to look through, you know, who had successful seasons last year, who do we think is it's kind of going to be on the up-and-coming uh, path and see if they'll schedule games with us and if we can schedule them, hey, can we add an additional game out there? The Florida trip is actually kind of the easy one. We try and always make that on spring break. So, uh, you know, those Florida schools are willing to have us come down and it just works out that we don't have to take the guys out of too much class time. Um, and, and that's typically where our, our top competition will be. So Maverick men's lacrosse coach Troy Moyer with us. Maverick's off to a 2-0 start. You mentioned the ease of the Florida trip because it's spring break. But it's also where typically rubber meets road. Like you said, it's going to be the best competition you face. Tampa's always nationally ranked one of the top contenders. It's really what kind of decides in some ways, Troy, unfortunately, whether you go to the D2 playoffs or not. Yeah, yeah, that and that's kind of been the, the same since I've been here. Uh, you know, I, I started out here as the assistant in 2019, um, and it, it was already an established uh, understanding, I guess, from our perspective that that's what we've got to do to be nationally competitive. And so if we can go down and play and, and compete and beat a team like Tampa, I mean, we're automatically in good standing. And then some of the other schools we try and schedule down there, Florida Southern right now is in the top 20. Flagler just played Florida Southern to a one-goal game, and so I think they're going to probably be receiving some votes. And so just trying to get other teams that are um, within that top 20 that we can play and compete against is, is paramount, and then trying to win those games is, is the most important thing. Um, at the same time, we try and tell our guys, yeah, you, you, if you look too far at to the, into the future at the big picture, you're going to lose sight of what's ahead of you, and you can't expect to be successful if you're not focused on every single day, every single practice, every single game. He's the coach of the 16th ranked and defending RMAC regular season champion and uh, tournament champion uh, Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse team. Uh, Troy Moyer joining us out here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House right across from Houston Hall on the CMU campus. 
and we, we talked about you know some of your your top guys back with Stein Key and Brummett and and those names, but um, you also have a senior in Micah Payton that had a uh, a good weekend on the road out in California for you, Troy. Had four assists, back-to-back games, matched a career high on Friday as well. Um, Micah Payton off to a good start for you this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy for Micah. He's a, another guy who now as a senior is really going to be given an opportunity to kind of be the guy or one of the guys. Past couple years, he's battled some injuries. Even, even in the fall, he was battling concussions and things like that. And so for him to kind of get his opportunity to go out there and just see all of his hard work come to fruition was, was outstanding. Troy Moyer joining us today, Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse coach. And so you mentioned you go out to uh, to Illinois for Maryville and also Lewis and then uh, spring break uh, down to Tampa, take on Tampa, also Florida Southern and uh, Flagler as well. First home match, Westminster, March 24th. And so uh, I know you'll be looking forward to getting back to, to Grand Junction and, and playing on your home field coming up on the 24th. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's always nice to get out and have the first home game. We definitely have a long away stretch prior to that and then kind of go through the gauntlet a little bit. Um, but that first home game is always spectacular. Our fans travel extremely well from the front range, from California, from all over. Um, and so I'm excited to see them here on, on home campus and um, hopefully give Westminster a, a decent game. Absolutely. So. Uh, one final thing. We haven't talked about goaltending. What does that look like for you this year between the pipes? Yeah, so we've got three guys that all returned from last year. Um, Mac Bayless was a, a starter at some point in the season last year. Um, he's the, the elder statesman of the group. And then we've got two sophomores um, in, in Luke Parrish and, and Don Pasquale. And all three of those guys are outstanding. I, I would trust any single one of them to be in the net. Um, we gave Luke the starting nod for both games this past weekend just because we think he's maybe played the most consistent um, out of the three, but all three of them are, are still competing for the job, and we trust any single one of them. I know that the D guys love working with all of them. They get the rotation in practice, so it's kind of uh, an open open net at this point, but um, it, it's just due to the competition that those guys bring. Hey, Troy, appreciate you coming down today. Good luck to you and the Mavericks moving forward. Thanks. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. And we'll be talking to you more down the road as well. Uh, Troy Moyer, Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse coach, with us today on Mav Day, brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House at 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, right across from Houston Hall. And so we need to play herd trivia right now. You ready for this, Buckeye? Uh, yeah. Well, I, and it's a CMU men's lacrosse question today. Great. Uh-oh. <laughs> the f- I heard it. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, oh. No, it's, it's a pretty simple one. Troy, don't even, you don't have to answer this, okay? Fantastic. You don't have to answer it. Fantastic. You, you probably, maybe you probably already know the answer to this. Hopefully. We have to go, shh, don't say anything. <laughs> All right, so the winner, first correct answer into the team line, 970-242-1340. You get uh, a month's worth of coffee or beer, one a week, here at Cuddlebutter Craft Coffee and Beer House. Get your choice of what you want, one a week, uh, from James and Amanda here at uh, Cuddlebutter Craft Coffee and Beer House. Here's the question. Tell us the year, the first year, the Mavericks played lacrosse, men's lacrosse, the inaugural season of Maverick men's lacrosse. Multiple choice. 2004, 2013, 2011. So we we'll make it simple for you. The first year, the inaugural season of Carvado Mesa men's lacrosse. Was it 2004, 2013, or 2011? So this was hard because 2008 was last year. That's where it screws me up, it feels like. 
It feels like it's been 16 years since last year. Okay. Or last year was 16 years I, ago. You see what I mean? I, I see what you mean. Like, yeah. The fact that it's going to be March of 2024 on Friday is disturbing. So I have no idea, really. I think thought I had a good idea until you gave me the options. I'm like, oh, I was way off. So the first year. Way off. For Maverick Men's Lacrosse, 2004, 2013, 2011 to win that punch card. One beer or coffee a week here from Colorado Craft Coffee and beer house so get this right once again standard thing uh as far as two weeks if you've won the last two weeks don't play but otherwise or this morning if you won or, already or, this if you morning. already won this morning same deal but um there's not an age restriction because no. you can get a coffee you can get one of their great uh colorado craft sodas tea. as well tea as well so it's not just beer so you can get something else but uh first correct answer wins once final time heard trivia First year for Colorado Mesa men's lacrosse. The inaugural season was a 2004, 2013, 2011. Troy, appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks again for having me on. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back with more on Mav Day on the Team Sports Network. Uh, great show. I like listening to you guys. Got my panties in a whirl. <laughs> he put on a damn good show. I'll give him that much. Here we go. Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. <laughs> Welcome back to Mav Day, brought to you by Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, where they feature only Colorado's best coffee and beer. Uh, they have the beer flights. James is going to tell us more coming up here in just a moment. Uh, uh, they know they have beer bingo tonight, I believe. That, that is, I believe that is correct. They have trivia on Friday night at 6.30, so we'll talk more about that coming up. But uh, wrap things up with Mav Day today with Mercedes Boteep, Colorado Mesa softball coach. Mercedes, thanks for swinging by. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. Eight-game winning streak. Uh, your team's on a little bit of a roll right now after that sweep of Colorado School of Mines. Yeah, it's always great to get on a win streak. Hopefully it goes for a really long time. Um, that's the plan, um, plan A, uh, as far as we go. Um, we got some good competition this weekend, but uh, I feel really confident going into the week. Uh, a couple of uh, new additions to the team, Chloe Valdez, uh, Kaylin Parsons, walk-off home runs for in that uh, sweep of Colorado School of Mines. Uh, once again, you, you win by, you've been winning a lot of games by the mercy rule lately, so... Good thing, bad thing for your team when it comes to something like that? or It's always great to have that run support. Um, it's a little nicer if we can have a few shutouts mixed in there. Um, <laughs> we've given them a couple runs uh, here and there, but um, it's always good when um, you spread out who kind of the hero is, too. So a couple different walkouts, walk-offs this weekend from three different people. That's, like you said, with Chloe Valdez and Caitlin Parsons, two of them. Tell us more about these two uh, newcomers to your program. Um, Chloe Valdez, transfer from College of Charleston. Um, her twin brother plays on the baseball team. Okay, well, um, when, so, we do, when we do baseball after, yeah, we'll have to mention yeah. that. Um, so that's pretty cool. Um, she's from Colorado, so it was um, really nice to have her come in, and she's really been a great addition. It feels like she's been here a lot longer than just a few months, so it was a really good fit for her. Um, Kaylin Parsons, um, she had a teammate that was already committed here, so um, she kind of... Uh, tagged along once we saw her play a little bit more over, over last summer and <clears throat> she's been a great um solid person over at third base um good hitter um we're really happy to have her too should mention the the four of the mavs eight conference wins have come with the mercy rule by the way so uh, i've been getting the job done when it comes to uh, uh winning by the run rule in conference play should also mention last weekend against Colorado school of mines that uh, uh maya arietta local product uh, from from central high school ali disler both uh, hit home runs as well and ava fugate uh uh, also uh, uh, hit a walk-off winner on Saturday as well. Miranda Pruitt hit a home run <laughs> as well. Home runs galore over at Bergman this past weekend for your softball team. Yeah, I think it's the home field advantage. Um, 
ball flies a little bit more here. Maybe you just feel more comfortable at home. Um, and maybe they just gave us some good pitches to hit. So um, we'll, we'll spread out the home run love. It's fine. Your team has been very offensive. You mentioned the pitching. Maybe not right where you'd like it to be right now. Kind of take us through where, where you are in terms of the circle. Um, we got four strong pitchers. Um, they're all a little different. Um, they've all kind of thrown very similar amount of innings. Uh, we're very much uh, staff-oriented. Um, we're not just going to ride one pitcher the whole year. Um, sometimes we've had three different pitchers throw in a game, really just to keep them off, keep them off balance. Um, again, they all have all different strengths, and they're really buying into the team aspect of it. Of course, Marissa Nim has been really the, the one that's kind of led the way. She, she's 4-0. Um, she picked up a win over the weekend. So uh, certainly Marissa's been... From the start, she's been one of the arms you're going to count on. Yeah, she just goes out and she knows what her strengths are. She's not a big strikeout pitcher, but she gets a lot of ground balls. We've had uh, 11 double plays as a team uh, defensively, which is huge. Um, a bunch were um, against Fort Lewis uh, when she actually gave up quite a few singles, but we'd get out of the innings nice and quick and keep that momentum on our side. Mercedes Boti, coach of the Colorado Mesa softball team, joining us today. It's Mav Day here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood, across from from Colorado Mesa, from uh, right across from Houston Hall, by the way. Took a few classes over there. Mm-hmm. KMSA, my old college radio station, used Speed, to be there a, a long time ago. Uh, September, October view with the trees and the turning of the colors. It is very much, very much that way today. It yeah. feels like a September day here. And be great to sit the final see days the of March. fall to the ground, have a breakfast beer. It's very nice. <laughs> You're being very kind of poetic here. It's, it's kind of it's how I am. Kind of concerning, to be quite honest. You're getting a little romantic this and, is totally and poetic, and I'm not sure that I, I like that side of you, to be quiet. I think you need to save that for your wife, to be quite honest. I love love. <laughs> Nothing wrong with love and love, my man. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Mercedes spoke to you with us today. She's going, why did I agree to come and do this? <laughs> why, I could have just done this over the phone and Get been that a lot. perfectly safe. Uh, what are you drinking there, by the way, Mercedes? We need to... Um, a, a dirty chai. A dirty chai. Okay. First yep. first trip to Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House? Yep, first trip. Okay. It's pretty cool. Um, so. I'm assuming you're going to be back here. I'm, I'm yep. thinking so. Close one, to the campus? One of our former um, softball players actually has jewelry on display here. Oh, really? Which is pretty cool. So but, uh, we get a little shout out. Who, who is that? Uh, Riley Crouch. Okay. So you can come by and buy a Riley Crouch original. That's right. Here at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer. little rings. Nice. Yeah. Very good. All right. So coming up, uh, you've got Colorado Christian. This is always, you know, they're RMAC champs. They're always tough. Um, nationally ranked, and so this is a big, big uh, series coming up for your softball team. Yeah, big series. Uh, we played the RMAC tournament at their field last year, uh, which was a really awesome tournament for us. Uh, we played six games. We had the most uh, wins because we went four and two, but uh, we went the losers bracket, so that's why we had to play so many games. Um, so we're really comfortable with that field. Uh, we had a lot of uh, good experiences there last May. Um, so we're definitely going to visualize because um, we're going to play away over there. Uh, visualize that, and I think we're ready to ready to beat them. Um, they they lost their All American pitcher. Um, they got some other girls in there. We've been watching a lot of video, um, and our team's ready to to pounce. Uh, Emma Duncan for them's pitched well. She's nine and zero on the season. Uh, they're coming off the, uh, the the four game sweep of of Fort Lewis. I believe they actually played in Durango. So. Uh, they actually got to play in Durango. We didn't get the chance to play Fort Lewis uh, yet yeah, in Durango. Yeah, actually on that field for, <laughs> yeah, the first time in a while. So, yeah. So uh, you mentioned they've, they've lost some talent off this team. What are some of the strengths you've seen from Colorado Christian in terms of your scouting? Uh, they have a lot of good position players um, that are 
Some of them are grad students and feel like they've been there for five or six years, but welcome to COVID and people getting red shirt ears Absolutely. and all that good stuff. But um, they're solid on defense. Um, pitching's not quite as strong, but we just really need to make sure we take advantage of the pitches that we get. All right, Mercedes, appreciate you stopping by today. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of your dirty chai. Well, and, thank you very uh, much. And uh, we got James coming over, and James is going to come over and tell us more about Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House. James, good morning. Good morning, guys. Oops, uh, let's uh, let's turn your mic on there. Let's see. There we go. I think there we, we go. got. Yep. There good, we morning. Go. good morning. Good morning. Got got just a, a minute or here to James to talk about. Uh, you see, how long have you been open now? We've only been open since October, so we're still babies to the. This block. It's a young, young uh, up-and-coming business here in the Grand Valley. Young, up-and-coming business, but I tell you what, I feel like we're in one of the best places in town, right by the university, right across from the university, or right across from the field, Saplesio Field, and then right across from the university. So, yeah. So all your products are from Colorado. Mm -hmm. The beers, the coffees, the teas, the soda. Everything comes from right here in Colorado. Even the snacks are from Colorado, yeah. So I used to run uh, some wineries out in uh, Palisade, and we just thought, you know what? When my wife and I decided to do our own endeavor, why not advocate for all what the state has to offer? And there's so many great breweries. A lot of people know that. But there's so many great coffee roasters, too, all over the state that it's like, let's just advocate rather than compete. So that's what we're doing. All right. So we got just a little bit of time here, just about about 30 seconds uh, you have beer bingo tonight, correct? We do, yeah, and you don't have to be 21 to play. You play a game of bingo, you win a beer. If you win the game, or a coffee, or a soda. But it's just a good time. It's a nice family environment, and then we have trivia, of course, on Friday nights. That starts at 6.30, so you can bring your own food in as well. It's a really relaxed, chill atmosphere. It's a great place before or after the game if you watch the Mavericks. You're at Colorado Craft Coffee and Beer House, 1144 North 12th Street in Glenwood. By the way, 2011 was when the Maverick oh. lacrosse team started. All right, so that's our show for today. Thanks again. Back to you tomorrow.